the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Italy moves to the right. We might be almost sure that the next uh, government will be a center-right one. Um, and post, most likely uh, it will be led by uh, Ms. Meloni. Floridians are keeping an eye on Hurricane Ian. Anybody from Tampa Bay all the way to Escambia County, uh, there are different tracks that would take it into any one of those places. The U.S. government continues its investigation into Amazon Prime. Federal regulators are ordering Amazon founder Jeff Bezos to testify in the government's investigation of Amazon Prime. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, September 26th. I'm Mike Scott. Hurricane Fiona has pummeled the Caribbean with devastating winds, catastrophic flooding, and widespread power outages. Food for the Poor has been serving the poorest nations in that part of the world for more than 40 years, and they are responding again during this time of crisis. Hurricane relief kits containing food, water, hygiene kits, medical supplies, and other critically needed items are already being distributed throughout Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and Haiti as well. And you can support this effort by giving your best gift now. Just text DAYBREAK to 91999 and we'll send you a link to give. Families have lost everything and we need your help. Anything you can do to help food for the poor will bring aid to these families. Just text DAYBREAK to 91999 and we'll send a link so you can give. As one of the largest faith-based international relief agencies in the U.S., Food for the Poor is able to respond quickly and efficiently to disasters like this. But they can't do it without your generous support. Please give what you can now. Text DAYBREAK to 91999. Giorgia Maloney won a clear majority in Sunday's Italian election setting herself up to become the country's first female prime minister at the head of the most conservative government since World War II. The formation of a ruling coalition with the help of right-wing allies of her Brothers of Italy party could take weeks. If Maloney succeeds, she would be the first woman to hold the country's premiership. Leila Simona Talani is director of the Center for Italian Politics and tells us what to expect from Maloney. We might be almost sure that the next uh, government will be a center-right one. Um, and post, most likely uh, it will be led by uh, Ms. Meloni. Uh, that means that things will change in Italy. One thing is, is good. So for the first time in Italian history, we have a female prime minister, which has never happened before. So it's something to celebrate. The other one is the 
uncertainties which are related to a new kind of uh, government, which is really very different from the Draghi one, and uh, will pose uh, a number of uh, challenges uh, for the economy, for the society, and uh, as you said, also in relation to our immigration policy. Um, so we need to see what the consequences will be. But in terms of social policy, that will be by far more on the right. And as she, uh, I mean, uh, Ms. Meloni has already announced that her policy uh, towards, for example, LGBT uh, rights uh, will be uh, much more restrictive, uh, also in relation to women's rights. Uh, paradoxically, it will be more restrictive. And she has an intention to limit the right of abortion, for, uh, for example. In economic terms, uh, we can expect tax cuts that they have announced. And tax cuts might seem something like very good, but in reality for us, they're not so good because they will increase uh, our uh, debt to GDP, our uh, uh, public debt. Uh, and that can pose and put Italy in a very uh, weird or bad situation in Europe because we might exceed uh, the various references for fiscal policy like the debt to GDP and the deficit to GDP. And that could mean for Italy also, um, you know, being on the verge of a crisis, uh, maybe being attacked by financial markets as it happened before. Talani explains what paved the way for this political shift to happen in Italy. If you look at the, the numbers, 41 to 45 percent of the vote for the center right is, is nothing new in Italy. This has always been the case. They always had this kind of vote. The problem is that the centre-right uh, is a cohesive uh, uh, group, is a cohesive coalition, or at least it's united, uh, whereas the centre-left is not united. So the fact that you have uh, a centre-left not united meant that there was little opportunity for the centre-left to actually gain these elections. So I wouldn't say that there has been a shift to the right of the Italian electorate, because the percentage vote, vote is more or less the same that has always been, but there has been much uh, a disunited center-right, center-left, which made it impossible to be a credible contender in these elections. And a lot of shift has happened within the center-right coalition, so moving from uh, part the Berlusconi's and Salvini's parties uh, to Meloni's parties, so the Brothers of Italy. And I guess the reason is that that was the only party at opposition uh, in the previous government. So the, all the other parties were in government, and the only opposition party was Brothers of Italy, uh, which usually has a, um, gives a prize to the, to the party in opposition. And I would also add that um, Giorgia Meloni is a, a charismatic leader, so she made a good campaign, electoral campaign. She's a woman, she's a, a good-looking, she's blonde, she's sleek, she can talk. She has a very, you know, she, she's, she's an attractive leader in, in a sense. So she, it, it has attracted also, for this reason, some votes. Tabulating paper ballots was expected to last well into Monday morning. The election Sunday was being held six months early after Premier Mario Draghi's pandemic unity government collapsed in late July. Draghi remains as caretaker until a new government is sworn in. The U.S. says it will act decisively if Russia uses nuclear weapons in Ukraine. White House National Security Officer Jake Sullivan had this as a warning. If Russia crosses this line, there will be catastrophic consequences for Russia. The United States will respond decisively. He also adds that the U.S. spelled out for Russia privately and in greater detail exactly what that means. They would be catastrophic if Russia went down the dark road of nuclear weapons use. 
He also says while the Russian army is in trouble and the Ukrainian army is making swift advances on the battlefield, that doesn't mean the danger is over. Sullivan made his comments on NBC's Meet the Press. Hundreds of thousands of people in Atlantic Canada remain without power, and officials there say they found the body of a woman swept into the sea after former Hurricane Fiona washed away homes, stripped off roofs, and blocked roads across the country's Atlantic provinces. After surging north from the Caribbean, Fiona came ashore before dawn Saturday as a post-tropical cyclone, battering Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, and parts of Quebec with hurricane-strength winds, rains, and waves. Defense Minister Anita Anand saying troops will help remove fallen trees, restore transportation links, and do whatever else is required for as long as it takes. This is an all-hands-on-deck effort, and I know that our Canadian Armed Forces will rise to the challenge, as they always do. Fiona is blamed for at least five deaths in the Caribbean and one death in Canada. Authorities found the body of a 73-year-old woman in the water, missing from a town on the southern coast of Newfoundland. Police say the woman was inside of her residence moments before a wave struck the home Saturday morning, tearing away a portion of the basement. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police said in a release on social media that, with the assistance of the Canadian Coast Guard and other rescue teams, they found the body of that woman, recovered it late Sunday afternoon. As of Sunday evening, about 95% of electric customers in the province of PEI remained in the dark. So were more than 20,000 homes and businesses on New Brunswick. In Nova Scotia, 80% of the province of almost 1 million had been affected by outages Saturday. Utility companies say it will be days before the lights are back on for everyone. Officials across eastern Canada were assessing the scope of damage caused by the storm, which had moved inland over southeast Quebec. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said more resilient infrastructure is needed to withstand extreme weather events. In Puerto Rico as well, officials were still struggling to grasp the scope of damage and to repair the devastation caused when Fiona hit the U.S. territory a week ago. As of Sunday, about 45% of Puerto Rico's 1.47 million power customers remained in the dark, and 20% of 1.3 million water customers had no service as workers struggled to reach submerged power substations and fix down lines. Gas stations, grocery stores, and other businesses had temporarily shut down due to lack of fuel for generators. The National Guard first dispatched fuel to hospitals and other critical infrastructure. Authorities and residents in Florida are keeping a cautious eye on Tropical Storm Ian. Governor Ron DeSantis has declared a state of emergency throughout Florida and urged residents to prepare for the storm to lash large swaths of the state with heavy rain, high winds, and rising seas. 
Forecasters are still unsure of exactly where Ian could make landfall, with current models plotting it toward Florida's west coast or panhandle regions. Governor Ron DeSantis spoke at a news conference on Sunday. Anybody from Tampa Bay all the way to Escambia County, uh, there are different tracks that would take it into any one of those places. And then I would also say to other Floridians, uh, even if you're not necessarily right in the eye of the path of the storm, uh, there's going to be pretty broad impacts throughout, throughout the state. The National Hurricane Center says the tropical storm is expected to strengthen into a hurricane, eventually becoming a major hurricane before reaching western Cuba. Flash and urban flooding is possible in the Florida Keys and Florida Peninsula through midweek. And then heavy rainfall is possible for North Florida, the Florida Panhandle, and the Southeast U.S. later this week. DeSantis warns Floridians of what to expect from Ian. Expect heavy rains, strong winds, flash flooding, storm surge, and even isolated tornadoes. The Florida National Guard has been put on standby to help after the storm. Once this storm hits, there's going to be a need and a strong effort to get the power back on for as many people as quickly as possible, and they are working with those partners. We have activated the Florida National Guard. Uh, They are activating 2,500 guardsmen. President Joe Biden has declared an emergency authorizing the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA to coordinate disaster relief. John Cangelosi, a senior hurricane specialist at the Miami-based National Hurricane Center, said on Sunday, it's not exactly clear where Ian will hit hardest in Florida. Residents should begin preparations, including gathering supplies for potential power outages. You know, it gets crazy out there when a hurricane comes and there's a threat. So, you know, you don't want to be waiting to the last minute to get your supplies because the stores may run out. We've seen this a lot, and I've lived here a a fair amount of time, so I've I've witnessed this and experienced this a lot. Local media in Florida reporting a consumer rush on water, generators, and other supplies in some areas where residents move to stock up on goods ahead of the storm. Kevin Guthrie is director of the Florida Division of Emergency Management and says the state has begun loading trailers with more than 2 million meals and 1 million gallons of water to be ready to be sent into impacted areas. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill into law last Friday allowing undocumented immigrants to obtain a state ID. ABC News says that law is intended for those who don't drive and therefore don't have a driver's license. The legislation aims to support immigrants expanding their access to state programs. Street vendors, for example, can more easily get local health permits with that state ID. Undocumented students will have improved access to in-state tuition at public colleges and universities. Critics argue it rewards those who have entered the country illegally, and they're expressing concern about the cost of rolling out the new IDs. Where are we when it comes to the major culture wars of the day? Daybreak Insider's Religion in the News editor Michael Harrington has this story. A new poll from LifeWay Research asks people about some of the major culture war issues of the day. On abortion, 53% say it is a sin. 39% disagree. The Bible calls homosexuality a sin, but 46% of Americans say it's not. 42% say it is. 
And on the question of sex outside of marriage, 53% say that is a sin, while 42% think it does not meet the definition. About a third of the public thinks Christians should stay quiet on social issues. Michael Harrington, SRN News. The government continues its investigation into Amazon Prime. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker brings us up to date. Federal regulators are ordering Amazon founder Jeff Bezos to testify in the government's investigation of Amazon Prime. The government rejected the company's complaint. Executives are being unfairly harassed in the probe of the popular streaming and shopping service. Federal Trade Commission issuing an order denying Amazon's request to cancel civil subpoenas sent to Bezos in June. Order also sets a deadline of January 20th for the completion of all testimony by Bezos and 16 other senior executives. Jason Walker reporting. Meanwhile, Amazon says that next month, It will hold a second Prime Day-like shopping event, making it the latest major retailer to offer holiday deals earlier this year to entice cautious customers struggling with tighter budgets. During the October 11 and 12 event, Amazon Prime members will get access early to discounted items. Amazon's retail business has slowed in recent months, and the shopping bonanza signals a recognition that it needs to provide more deals to inflation-hit consumers in what's expected to be a challenging holiday shopping season for retailers. And finally, Rihanna will take center stage at February's Super Bowl halftime show. The singer who declined to perform in the 2019 Super Bowl halftime show out of solidarity with Colin Kaepernick will headline the 2023 Super Bowl. The Super Bowl will take place at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona on February 12. After years of Pepsi sponsorship, the upcoming halftime show will be sponsored by Apple Music. With sales of more than 250 million records worldwide, Rihanna ranks as one of the best-selling female artists ever. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.